Okay, so he is going to talk to Terezi and Carcat. Right. Um, so do you want to take them both? Yeah, I'll take them both. Okay. Twin Armageddon's began trolling Gallo's Calibrator. Hey, take a plan. We aren't playing this game anymore. You don't have to bother recruiting. Sorry to waste your time. I'm not the leader anymore. Carcat is. He is? He threw a tantrum about it, so I let him be the red leader. Okay, that was fairly predictable, but that's fine. I'll talk to him about it. What's going on? Nothing. This game sucks. It's full of crap. Sorry about all this. Huh? Twin Armageddon's began trolling Casino Genetesis. Hey, take the plan. We aren't playing this game anymore. Hey, guess who the red leader is? I'm Lena. It's me. Your plan to cripple your rival team has failed. I know, he told me I don't care. The game's bad news, it'll cause the end of the world not to stop it. So forget it. Just go back to whatever you two are doing. Writing your city code or whatever. <laughs> so pathetic. This is yet another feeble attempt to weaken your opposition. Terezi and I have already established a connection, and we are making great progress here. We're a great team, and I am a fantastic leader. We will beat this game in no time, while your team is clearly still asleep at the thorax. Oh, God, no, you idiot. I don't care about the game anymore. I just quit. I'm not playing. You should, too. Amazing! You're either being really persistent with this transparent ruse, or you really are just that sad and incompetent. Neither case deserves my respect or my friendship. In fact, you know what? Friendship cancelled! There, it's official! Bye-bye, friendship! Oh, like you haven't said that like a billion times. You aren't in any position to question my competence. You're the worst programmer I've ever seen. You don't know anything about computers. Why do you bother? The only thing you're good at is yelling and making huge mistakes. And being ugly and horrible in every way and having stupid little nubby horns. To be honest, I don't see what's so great about your programming or hacking. What is a hacker even? Just some smug asshole in movies doing fake things and making up words. It's not even a real thing to be... It's just some bullshit title you gave yourself so you can feel a tiny bit less loathsome. Oh no, more childish burns. I don't have to prove anything to you. I'm a great hacker, period. No, it's all so clear now. You were a fraud all along. What does all this nonsensical code you wrote even do? It's all nonsense. Like a bluff. You just say, oh, Cockett will never understand what I wrote is bullshit because he's too dumb to figure it out. Well, you busted. These viruses here, I bet, do nothing at all. Wait, KK? I bet if I ran them, nothing bad would happen. Might even improve my computer's performance. No, don't. How about this idiotic program with the red and blue code, which is a meaningless thing to do with code anyway? What does it even mean? Just another one of your scams. Why not sneak some bad clip out into the files too and just pretend that's code? Oh god, no, don't run that. I'm serious. What would happen? I'm not sure, but it would be really, really bad if you run it. So just don't. <laughs> just as I thought, you can't even come up with a good lie when I press on you on it. Your bluff has been called. Compiling as we speak, it will auto-run when it finishes. And now I have to go attend to something outside because Terezi is doing something that just unspeakably stupid right now. Oh, whoops. Forget I said that. It was privileged information. You are the dumbest grub fucker on the planet, I swear. 
Later, douchebag. KK, do not run that code. Hello? Carcinogenetics' computer exploded. Oh my god. I like that that's a, like, that's fucking Yeah, that it comes up in the chat log. (laughs) Like. Christ. (laughs) Like, trolling just knows, like, oh, yep, that kid's computer just blew up. Yep. (laughs) Seen that one before. That's a shame. That's another one. (sighs) Till death. The the kids don't learn, Jim. The kids don't learn. (laughs) Just imagining a PSA, like, 50 style about till death. (laughs) Yeah. Till death. Not even once. Timmy here tried to run till death. He exploded. Oh my god. Not even his computer. Just him. (laughs) Just Timmy. Real cry shame. Family can't pay for the funeral. That's till death for you kids. Not even once. Rip Timmy kickflips. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Look what you did, Jules. No! What you have I killed Timmy kickflips. <laughs> I I wish I had like another means to take a picture right now so I could do like <laughs> just the holding out hands <laughs> oh, no. homestuck panel. Like, yeah. <laughs> instead, my hands are just covered in tech decks. <laughs> Next. You are highly startled by the totally unexpected explosion. He warned you. Like, I know, Cockett, you were so far up your own ass, but, like, come on. Like, come on, buddy. You know better. This is also uh, very um, prescient of a radio about how, you know, Cockett's whole angle will just completely fuck everything up. Like, yeah. <laughs> not surprised, but, you know. No, it's, like, it's gonna. I like how she said, oh, you know, his anger's useful because it would just completely obfuscate his designs. Like, yep, that's Cockett. Tip to toe. Yep. That's, toe that's, to a tip. that's a car cat. Yep. Take it to the bank. Next. <gasps> so, there's a kernel over car cat's head, and that's a dead crab dad. Oh no. Car cat and his friends, and everyone they would ever meet thereafter, would experience great misfortune on account of the curse unwittingly implemented through Solix's esoteric Mobius double reach around virus. Every troll's Lucis would soon die. All but one of their kernel sprites would be prototyped with a dead Lucis each prior to entering the medium. Upon entry, they would each have a bittersweet reunion with the creature after the kernel hatched, triggering the sprite's metamorphosis. For the first time, the trolls would be able to have verbal conversations with their custodians and would be guided by them along their journeys. Unfortunately, the underlings and warring royalty would gain the benefits of the monstrous prototypings as well. Each sprite, except for one, would only be prototyped once. The players would learn quickly that while one pre-entry prototyping per player was absolutely necessary for ultimate success, additional pre-entry prototypings merely empowered their enemies unnecessarily. Oh, huh. So Rose accidentally gave them two powers instead of one. Right. Like, they're not actually supposed to work that way. Right. Except, whoops. (laughs) Oopsie goofed it. Like, oh boy. I do like this um, sort of almost cyclical relationship the trolls have, though, with their Lucis. Yeah. Like, oh, you've just been this wild animal that has been protecting me, but kind of viciously all this time. You're dead now, but now we can actually talk. Yeah, now they can talk once we're in the medium. Yeah. Right, next. And there's Gamzee with his dead Lucis. No! It's a big sea goat. Aww. The game has no explicit rule that demands something dead for prototyping, 
but in practice, the Colonel Sprite has particular attraction to the deceased or the doomed. Across every session ever played, exceptions to this pattern are extremely rare. I'm just imagining now a Monty Colonel Sprite. No, <laughs> Monty Sprite. Monty Sprite. Although he would straight up just want to be my mom's Colonel Sprite and not mine, I'd just be like, okay, like Mon, no, <laughs> right, Mon, hey, no, 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 oh, Jesus, <sighs> whatever. He he'd be the he just yell at other Colonel Sprites and just like, and then like the second they pay attention, <laughs> he just immediately like run behind my back, like run away, no, <laughs> like he is such a f- <laughs> this talk. Fucking goober. I was thinking, just like, I honestly was thinking, like, would I just put like a gunpla on my Colonel Sprite? And which one? Hell yes! Like, <sighs> Molly, I have so much to choose from. <laughs> I gotta put Banshee Nora up in. Oh, fuck yeah, get your cat boy in there. No, that's not the cat boy. Well, I mean, it is a lion. Yeah, but it doesn't look like one. That's it doesn't fair. have cat ears. No, yeah, that it is. It doesn't have explicit cat ears. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't know about that one. I didn't. Well, <laughs> uh, it was for Pris, and then she didn't build it. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. I do like how surprised you were, but like, it's got cat ears? Huh. Well, i just never seen a Gunpla with cat ears. There is uh, another Gunpla that is, like, uh, the main, the, the guy pilots it, like, he has, like, a wolf as his emblem and everything, so the antenna do look like wolf ears on that one, which, so I'm just Shit, like, yeah. fuck yeah, they look good. I mean, there's also the Barbados Lupus Rex, like the king of Good. wolves, barbarian. Yep. It straight up makes like a an, a woo sound when it whooshes by. <laughs> it's fucking dope. <laughs> Solix, lament. Why did you send Karkat that code? <laughs> it was such a bad idea. You suppose it was a boastful gesture to get a friend to think more highly of you, but why would flaunting your superior skills accomplish this? It was foolish. You gotta wipe all these clever viruses you wrote off your computer. They can only bring more trouble. Well, yeah, things are just kinda coming to a head now. Yep. Just like... (laughs) Why did I send that? God damn it. God damn it. Like, even as a goof, don't send a code that will literally don't blow up your Don't send exploding front. viruses. It's like, yeah, don't. Don't do that. Don't Again, do that. kids, back to the 50s PSA narrator. Not even once. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just like doing that voice. It's okay. Oh, no, it'll be good. Don't worry. It's good. <laughs> no, Molly, I just feel like that's a thing like, that possesses me, like that voice. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I have control. <laughs> uh, no, you don't. Alright, Solix, delete. While deleting your virus folders, you pause on one oddball file you have lying around. You did not write this virus. You copied it from an obscure server far beyond your planet's global network. This application is running on that server perpetually. It's an extremely simple till-death program. Its main loop is tied to the lifespan of the universe. When the universe dies, a mysterious subprogram will be executed. You have no way of knowing what that subprogram does. It runs on a protected part of the server. It's completely unhackable. You delete the file, but it won't do much good. The program's already running elsewhere. Luckily, whatever harm it will do will not be done for many billions of years, and even then, what harm could a virus do after the expiration of the universe? This file always struck you as quite odd. That's... And... The till death file says execute, and in parentheses, uh-huh. it's a it's pool balls. Well, 
that's interesting. Yeah. This is making me like, um, I already, like, really enjoyed the intermission. This is making me like the intermission even more so, like... Because it's connected to something? It's not in the, It's not even just connected, it's, it is nice that we're getting, aside from, you know, the appearance of the Midnight Crew progressively, we're getting, like, interesting connections back, and, like, hits, yeah. and nothing, like, explicit, which is what I like so far. Right. Huh. Also, yeah, that he just fucking copied this from a server somewhere, like... Yeah, well, he just wanted to find it and see what it did. And yet... <laughs> doesn't and know. he couldn't figure it out. He couldn't yeah. figure it out. Fuck. Well, that's not ominous. No. Alright, next. But Solix, even with his vision twofold, does not have the perceptional luxuries of our vision omnipresent. When executed, the subprogram will summon an indestructible demon into the recently voided universe. This monstrous being with the power to travel through time is inconvenienced very little by his arrival upon the Great Undoing. He has the clever he has the entire cadaver of the expired universe to pick apart at his whim, from its birth through its swelling maturity and tapering decay. In a reality he is known to have marked for predation, he will go about assembling followers through various epochs, even going as far as personally establishing the parameters for his future summoning. Solix couldn't know that the virus is essentially a formality. The demon is already here. We did see this previously with the game fact, the last game fact entry that Rose did. Well, she left one of these in the furthest ring in a purple server. Right. This is a green server with a bunch of pool balls on it. You know, I was trying to spot, like, I thought, like, oh, is, like, there's something in this? Because whenever there is a rapidly flashing gif like this, I always try and see if there are discrepancies. Sure. I was trying to think, oh, is there not, like, the snow, is there not, like, uh, the eight ball in there? Because it's, like, snowman's not in there. But I was like, no, the eight ball's there, but I realized... It's in there. Mm-hmm. The cue ball's not. Like, the... The white ball... Yeah. And... Hmm. I don't know what that is linked to, but that's a thing I'm thinking about. <laughs> yeah, no, we never saw a cue ball. No, we never saw a cue ball even in the intermission. But I mean, it's not like a traditional billiards kind of ball <laughs> anyway. It's just kind of the play tool. Right, but it is literally the you never saw. That, but You it's never a, saw a cue stick. No, but it's the thing that kicks everything off. It's still a ball on the field. That's true. That's true. I was about to make a Quidditch reference, and then I slapped myself mentally. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like... No. I'm... No, no. Stop. Nope. I'm stopping myself. No. Molly, I'm trying to stop myself. I Don't worry. Like... <laughs> just just do the command. Next. Uh. <laughs> Sounds like your Lucis is agitated about something up there. You already gave him a serving of honey today. If he thinks he can get more, well, that's just greedy. You wonder what could be bothering him. Alright, so we've seen Cargett's got a crab dad, uh, Gamzee had a seagoat dad, like, yep. seems like, you know, being based on the astrological sign. Solix is Gemini, and so, I'm curious yeah, so what- what the fuck? What, what would that be? Also, I mean, honey, there's bees and grubs, so I'm guessing it's something insectoid? Sorry, and, and just a quick question, does Capricorn really go with seagoat? Yeah, Capricorn, yeah. Yeah, you know, seagoat. Maybe I'm misremembering, but hold on. Is that a thing? 
Yeah, like the actual like image for Capricorn is a sea goat. Didn't you know? What the fuck? No, I didn't actually. <laughs> you really didn't know? Like, yeah. I really didn't know. Yeah, sea goat. Weird. Okay. Well, yeah. Then what the fuck is uh, Gemini then? Yeah. Uh, next. You keep oh. your enormous biclops chained to the roof <laughs> of your communal hive stem. It's the only place there's room for him. Dueling with him on the roof during feeding time is a daily ordeal. And in the background, they are meteors. Ooh. So it it's popping off. It's gonna pop off. They can't stop it. No, of course not. It's like, even with Solix trying to like stop the game, it's like, no, dude, it's done. Yeah, you, you, yeah, it's already happening. It's already in motion. Like, if Karkat's hey, in the game... Whoops. The demon's already here. Yep, that's true. Also, man, that's kind of means just fucking change your... <laughs> well, there's no other room for him. It is interesting, though, that so... Because I, I can't help but draw parallels between the kids and everything, and the trolls. Oh, sure, yeah. Like, uh, John and Dave's relationship feels similar to Karkant and uh, Solix's. Um, There's at least visual parallels in some ways. Okay, sure. Like, you know, Karkant lives in a house because you, we started with John in a house, we've got to start with a troll in a house somewhere, in his own little lawn ring. I mean, Karkat in this is the John parallel for sure. Exactly. And then... Solix has his guardian on the rooftop, and he appears to live in, like, all of these fucking, like, apartment, like, complexes. These giant towers. Right. And also, you know, dueling with his guardian on the rooftop. Yep. Daily ordeal. Also, wearing sunglasses. Like, Terezi does too, but I feel like Terezi and Solix are kind of different, like, not aspects, or, like, almost different troll versions of what Dave's personality is like. Sure. But yeah, I, I, that's just interesting, what I've noted. Yeah. Alright, next. <laughs> oh. oh. There's a radio. Well, the... And, yeah, in front of the Biclops. Yeah. Wait. Is... Is Solix Lucis just Chogal? Solix's Lucis is kind of Chogal. I was going to say. Like, <laughs> it's a little bit Chogal. <laughs> Alright, be the other girl. You oh. are now one of the five other girls. Oh, fuck yes. This is Kanaya. Oh, it's Kanaya. And she's holding a chainsaw. She's got a chainsaw? Oh, so Kanaya's literally the coolest ever because she's a lesbian goth lady with a chainsaw. <laughs> she's dope. Like, this. <laughs> Holy Can shit. Can I have fucking rules? Can I have cool shit? Next. Oh, fuck. Oh, and she's standing on top of a flying... What is this? Uh... Bug. Bug with a bullhead? Yeah, like... Alright, so there's some... Uh, I guess... Discrepancy between... Astro- astrological, like, animals and what they're like on Alternia. Uh-huh. Because Virgo definitely ain't a fucking skull bug. Are you sure? I, I just googled a triple check because I was like, maybe! <laughs> like, maybe! Well, it's like, maybe it's a skull bug. Like, I only give a shit about myself as, like, any other person, you know, who follows this astrological sign. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Okay. 
next. Yeah. Fucking Skullpunk. Oh. And we zoom out, and... Does Kanaya live in Jade's house? I was gonna say... Because that's Jade's house. That's Jade's house. Again, this is always the thing where like people can go, oh, I don't think at this point anymore, but I imagine some people could still think, oh, it's just housey, you know, reusing art because, you know, this is like simple flash animations and like, you know, you, you just, re- artists reuse stuff all the time, no matter what. Basically, nothing has been a coincidence so far. Exactly. That's my deal. Yeah. Next. Oh. Uh, oh. Oh. And- oh. There's a frog temple ruin near Kanaya's house. And in the back there, behind it, there's kind of the tip of something. That's the tip of volcano. So, this okay, this is just weird from a perspective angle, just because, like, so we saw Kanaya kind of lives on this nice, like, you know, circular, grassy field. What? Right. Like, are these... Is this, like, water she's living on? Like, it... I don't know. Can't tell. No. Alright, well, stop being the other girl. You are now no longer the other girl, or <laughs> any of the other five, for that matter. What's the name of this dude sitting in his four-wheel device? Is Tavros in a wheelchair? Sure is. Huh. Also, <laughs> those are really cute bears. They're really cute bears. Those are cute bears. And he's got a bunch of cards laying around. Is he a card geek? He might be. Well, he also has, like, marble, so I I, I, I can imagine yeah. Tavros, like, just being a little game dork. Maybe he just likes <laughs> board games. Is he wearing Birkenstocks and socks? He sure is. God! Tavros! <laughs> <laughs> love him. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a name. Your name is Tavros Nitrum. You are known to be heavily arrested by fairy tales and fantasy stories. You have an acute ability to commune with the many creatures of Alternia, and a skill you have utilized to capture and train a great many. They're all your friends, as well as your warriors, which you pit and battle through a variety of related card and role-playing games. You used to engage in forms of more extreme role-playing with some of your other friends before you had an accident. You like to engage in the noble practice of Alternian slam poetry, possibly the oldest, most revered, and certainly freshest art form in your planet's rich history. You have a profound fascination with the concept of flight and all lore surrounding the topic. You believe in fairies, even though they aren't real. Your troll tag is Audios Torador, and you, uh, speak in a sort of faltering manner. What will you do? Oh, Molly. What? I feel sorry for him. Like, this is sad. Oh, why? Well, A, he had an accident, now he's in a fucking wheelchair, but not only that, it's, you know, of course he dreams of fucking yeah. flight after that. Of course he does. Like... So he's got some posters in his room of various fairy girls. Who are now trolls. Who are now trolls. And a poster for Pupa Pan. Oh my god, it's really sad. <laughs> oh, protect this boy. Aw. Tavros, cut to the chase and play card games immediately. He does that. Pew. <laughs> you kickstart a rousing match of Fidu Spawn, 
with the only friend you've got to play in person, your loyal Lucis Tinkerbull. You take a look at the favorable hand you dealt yourself and crack a mischievous smile. With a host plush at the ready, you quickly lob it. Uh, excuse me, Uguni bomb and catch your adversary off guard. Oh, it's gonna be a really like complicated game, isn't it? A little bit. <laughs> oh, he only gets to play with his like guardian. Yeah. Next. Oh. oh, 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 oh. It's an icky crab monster spider gross tentacle thing. No, no, me, me not like. Uh Uh-uh, nope, that's next, Mm -hmm. next, next. Oh, it's attacking one of the bears! No! Oh, host plush! Oh, no! (laughs) Next! Ah! It's a face hugger. What the fuck, Tavros? Gonna protect this boy, Jules. What? Uh, I, I'm taking that back, baby. Did <laughs> <laughs> you see? Okay, I'm just gonna like pantomime, like me reeling it back, like a rope. Yep. Like, nope. Yep. Just, no. Nope. Come on back. Next. Oh, the little thing scumbles off, and the bear is much bigger now. Next. Oh no! Oh, it's oh, gonna no. burst open. Oh, I don't it's like gonna burst. The bears are apparently fucking like sentient to some degree. Like, yeah, because their face keeps changing and it's horrifying. Next! Horseroni, I choose you! And. This it's is like... the most fucked up Pokemon! <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird, gross tentacle horse. Now I'm just imagining, like, the original fucking Gay Boy 8-bit Pokemon chip tunes put over, like, the John Hurt Chestburster original scene from Alien. God! Christ. Tavros, command faithful steed. With a brooding whinny, Horseroni shuffles his mighty hooves and makes short work of the Fidu Sucker, boosting his vitals. Poor Cerrone is now primed and rang for battle. Look out, Tinkerbull. See, now, this is all horrifying, but also, this ain't too dissimilar from, you know, how the trolls are born and raised. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, hey, you just uh, fucking inject into a maggot that spits out eggs, and then you are fully formed, and then you kind of rely on your guardian to the point where it dies, raising you. Yep. Yep. Oh, Tavros, Horseroni, Spawn Tech, Slumber Buddies. So Tavros is commanding his horse. You use your awesome bestial communion abilities and bend the ferocious stallion to your whim. Tinkerbull can't stand the suspense. Next. Nap time. Aww. Everybody wins. Horseroni gains a bunch of levels. In no time, he'll be ready to breed and you can put him out to stud. What does Horseroni breed with? More Horseronis. Oof. Next. Wait, wait, Good wait. Good game, everybody. That was a lot of fun. Time to do some other stuff, yes. Where the fuck did the cards come into play? They didn't. <laughs> that poor host plush. Yeah, it's just laying there dead. It's got a big hole in his I belly. I wonder if the other host plushes are just like this, stuck smiling, just screaming to himself inside, <laughs> like, oh no. Well, given all the face changes, they might not be able to. Oh. 
I like how this intro is like, oh, hey, he's Tevros. He's a poor boy in a wheelchair who, often, you know, after an injury he had playing with his friends, he dreams of flying stuff, and he likes fairies, even though they're not real, and he plays with his only friend, his guardian, and he just spawns a bunch of fucking abominations <laughs> to God and everything above, like... Yep. Tevros, roll up your ramp. This is how you get up to your recuper coon when it's time to rest. It's kind of production getting in and out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tavros, hop in. You can't fit all the way in because of your huge horns. Oh. Makes it hard to get any solid shut-eye. Oh, great. Now you're covered in slime. Why did you do this? You're going to have to change your clothes. There goes another solid hour down the tubes. Oh, damn. And there goes your four-wheel device down the ramp. That happens a lot. Oh... <laughs> Mm, poor guy. Poor boy. No, Julie, remember this fucking abomination that happened like three pages ago. <laughs> what am I doing? Well, it's just sad. It is sad. Even, like, abominations aside. Yeah. Tavros, take Lance. After a major cleanup roll and a lot of crawling around your respite block, you equip your jousting Lance. Oh, fuck yeah, Lance kind. Hell yeah. Fucking get some... Come and ride a baron up in here. <laughs> just saying. Banana baron. Common, common riders all the way down. Uh, just saying, like, I hate Comrade guy, but man, Banana Knight with a fucking lance and, like, his, like, little belt singing tune is Knight of the Spear. It's a fucking cool idea. It's a fucking cool idea. He, him fucking becoming a mango knight with a big mango mace is so good as well. God damn you, guy. <laughs> Next. Oh. So we see outside. You like to practice your jousting outside. One day you hope to prove yourself worthy of recruitment into the halls of dreaded Imperial Cavalry Reapers. Assuming you're not slated for culling first on account of your disability, or really any other arbitrary reason. This is all sad. Hey, that's fucked. That's all fucked. Like... Hey, guess what part I don't like is this part. Yeah... Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Ugh. I don't want to get cold for being disabled, thanks. Yeah. Like, this is one of those things where I appreciate... And this is me speaking as someone who's not disabled, as someone able-bodied. Uh, I appreciate when, like, hey, minorities of all different kinds are, like, in fiction. It always gets kind of weird, though, when creators still feel the need to, like, make persecution a thing. Yeah, um, it's it's gonna play here, but, yeah. Like, the problem is usually that, oh, yes, like, it's usually, t- you know, for a better moral of, like, hey, these are just people as well. They don't need to be treated, like, any differently, and how we do treat them is kind of fucked up. But then, that ends up with just people going, oh, yeah, that is really fucked up. Da-da-da. Yeah, that, that, that's it. Like, this, like... <laughs> Yeah, um, I will say they'll keep playing this angle, so Mm. it's not, well, not in a bad way, Right, but they will keep playing this angle, it's not the worst thing in the world, but I don't think we learn anything from it. No, that's that's the thing, and like, you know, this is not, I I hesitate to use what fine, but I guess it just tracks with like, what we're already learning Eh. about trust troll society in general and how vicious it is. It's pretty bad. Yeah, 
Also, it's one of the things where, like, oh man, this society is so fucking cruel for how it treats disabled people. Yeah, like, that doesn't just happen in everyday yeah. life in Western society. No. You know. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, it's supposed to be like, oh, this is a disgusting thing that happens in this fantasy world, but actually... Actually, like, no, you're not necessarily going to get cold through these traditional means, but... Yeah, but I better not uh, show that I'm disabled. Oops. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Tavros, admire posters. You wheel over your favorite poster featuring Pupa Pan, which is your favorite thing. You've always fantasized that one day intrepid young Pupa would come and take you away, and together you'd fly into a beautiful paradise planet of legend that has all sorts of fanciful stuff like pirates, treasure, a cruel villain with a missing arm and a missing eye, and these weird aliens called Indians. You have left your window open since you were very young, just in case Pupa stopped by one night and decided to splash a pinch of special stardust in your face. You have had this interest far prior to your accident. Being paralyzed isn't what made you want to be able to fly. That'd be dumb and make no sense. Being paralyzed does sort of make you want to be able to walk, though. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, oh. Scorpio is bothering Tavros. Ooh. 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 Way in the future. Over the course of your long journey, at one point you were fitted with a cool pair of robo-legs. Oh shit, yeah. The guy who likes to build robots built them for you. But then he does like to break them more than he likes to build them. It's usually why he builds them in the first place. Occasionally, though, he'll allow philanthropy to override misanthropy. Aww. I'm glad he got his robo-legs. Yeah. Again, I may be able-bodied, but I would not mind a new fucking robo-knee. I would I would kill for some robo legs. Fuck yeah. They uh we've talked about Fullman Alchemist Molly and I'm not gonna like spoil anything, but there is straight up like they have um a form of um prosthetics in that show in that universe called uh Auto Mail, which is already fucking badass. Oh yeah, no, I know that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you know that. Uh there is a girl, like she's a very small side character, um, but she straight up has auto mail legs and one of her knees just has a fucking rocket launcher in it. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I saw it like, me. I would get that. <laughs> give it to yeah. me. Shit, yeah, gimme. Next. We see Tavros asleep and Kanaya standing over him <laughs> with a chainsaw. <laughs> and we see Sagittarius in the background. Oh, yeah. Huh. You were lucky enough to have a friend who didn't mind getting her hands dirty on account of your best interest. A friend with a chainsaw. I really hope he was, like, fully knocked out, because... He looks pretty asleep. He looks happy. He does. I mean, hey, like, that, <laughs> this is surgery, like, it's not like... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Just, I said, yep. that, that... The only way this could be better is if... The, these panels were big enough that you had to scroll down from like, oh, sleepy time. So, oh my god, the chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> Next. The guy who likes to build robots just stood there and watched. It would always make everyone uncomfortable whenever he would just stand there and watch. Mm. No. I don't... I don't like this guy. Just... No. He's kind of creepy. He's got a broken horn and one that's an arrow. Yeah. Well, so I guess we now know the color of uh, Tavros' blood. Brown. Well, well, you know. Weird, his text is brown, too. Huh. Oh, I can kind of see 
Alright, because that would explain some of the colors used by trolls, especially Carcat, who uses gray and doesn't is very touchy about what color his blood is. Yeah. Ugh. That's... Oh, okay, this is just a fucked up society. Cool. <laughs> yep. Welcome. <laughs> hey, again, it's like what that your old tweet said. Oh, Homesick's a f- just a fun webcomic about adventure for kids and like all these wacky, you know, misadventures they go on. It's all sadness. It's mostly about crying. It's all sadness, Molly. Mm-hmm. And way back again. Oh. But before that, you had to scoot around in your wheel device through the various worlds of the medium and endure all sorts of follies related to your disability, which, on account of their great plurality and marginal irrelevance, we will not get to see just as well. <laughs> wow, look what happens when you space out and contemplate the future like that. Messages start piling up. Huh. Well, I'm glad they don't just see, oh, here's a kid in a wheelchair getting fucked around in, like, all these misadventures. Yeah. Because that would be, you know, actually cruel. Like It would. Uh, Tavros, deal with AG. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> We've arrived! We have. Uh, I am taking Friska. No, you don't say! <laughs> Weird! Um, I'll let you do her in the future. No, just, she- I will do it the first time. Right, I'm just like, Molly, I've been so excited for this. <laughs> Have you? Like, honestly, yes. Like, I've been, this is one of the things I've been really, like, excited for. Just, like, anticipating. So, before we get into this, then, um, the common, let's, how do I say this? Uh, the common opinion mm-hmm. uh, among our friends is that Jules is going to fucking hate Friska. <laughs> um, that may or may not be true. I am on the fence about it, leaning towards you probably won't like her. Right, and you've admittedly been concerned about this. I have, and um, Friska's my favorite character in Homestuck. Right. So, this may be a thing. But it's fine. You can like her, you can dislike her. I don't, I honestly, whatever. Oh, you no, can feel no. however you, you want about Friska, and care. it's always right. I know it won't really be a big deal. It's just been, like, so interesting to me. Everyone going, like, oh, man, fuck, Jules is gonna hate her. She, like, we don't like her, and Jules is definitely not gonna like her. So, like, okay, well, I'm very curious how... Friska has her own term. Oh? Uh, which is, if you talk about Friska, you are engaging in the Frisk course. Oh, Okay. There's a whole thing. They had to separate Vriska Talk into its own thread on the MSPA forum because no one would stop arguing. Oh wow. It's kind that's of impressive, how, actually. That's that's how big this thing got. Okay, no, I'm curious. Um, you ready? Yep. Arachnid's grit began trolling Adios Toriador. Tavros. Red Team is going to bite the dust, and I know you're on the Red Team. Oh, really? Yeah, you totally are. My team's got no use for a boy that can't make no use of his legs. You were fated for a team of losers full of blind girls and lame boys and cranky imbeciles. <laughs> okay, you're probably right about that. But well, I shouldn't be talking to you. Oh? I promise I wouldn't talk to you anymore. What? Promise who? Rufio? 
Oh my god, who's that? I hate this guy already. He's, uh... Okay. Someone said I should give myself a Steven name. And to be careful about what I say to make sure I don't hurt his feelings. <laughs> so he's imaginary? A fake. Like a made-up friend the way fairies are. Made-up, make-believe, fakey-fake-fakes. Who told you to do something so fraudulent? G.A. But I don't know if she was joking about it. It might be a joke. Uh, I don't know. But I did it anyway. Oh, man. What a meddler. I hate her meddling. Why is she always meddling? I don't know if it was a joke, but man... Uh... I don't think it was a joke. It was more like... Okay, let me complete this analogy. Laughing is to a joke as meddling is to... Exactly. That's what she just did to you. It's worse than a joke. It's worse than anything you can do. Next time, tell her to can it. That's what I would do. But she keeps bugging me. Bugging and fussing and meddling. What's her deal? I guess it's flattering that she wants to talk to me so much, though. I guess I don't mind. It's cool. Anyway, Tavros, you've been amazingly boring as usual, so I'm going to go. Okay. This show needs to get on the freaking road. Believe it or not, the blue team doesn't have a single player in the session yet, while you guys have like two or three or something. Unbelievable. I wonder what the holdup is. Oh well, let's face it, you guys need the head start. Uh. Okay, anyway, good luck to you. It'll be just like old times. Adios, Toriasnar! Arachnid's grip cease trolling Adios, Toriador. Bye. Okay. Off she goes. Yep. <laughs> I do like that. She's really trying to just be shitty to Tavros, and Tavros is just like, oh, okay. Like, okay. <laughs> he just doesn't know what to do. Yeah, he doesn't know what to do. And also, like, like okay. Like, no one, also, no one would ever just fucking admit that, oh, yeah, I was, you know, given the advice, I should just, like, give myself a steam and name, so I'm calling Rufio. Like, like no, no, Tavros is that guy. Tavros is that guy, and I, I Tavros kinda, would do that. But I appreciate that he's just so upfront about it, and he doesn't really care. Like, or at least... No, but he, like, says it, and he's like, maybe it was a joke, actually. I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah, but... I I appreciate that he's not immediately just bowing down to, like, you know, Vriska. Just like, okay. Oh, sure. Like, <laughs> it's a, again, he's just kind of used to it at this point. Yeah, absolutely. No. Yeah, I can see Riska is kind of like a bully. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Think so? I specifically wanted that way to, to gauge your reaction, and that's perfect. <laughs> Fantastic. Great. <laughs> Alright, well, I'm, I'm genuinely curious to see how this goes on. Yeah, it'll be something. Like, I'll admit, I have, like, gauged how I feel about characters straight away from their first pestilogues, especially Gamzee. But, mm-hmm. uh, like, I'm more curious about Vriska now. Like, I, I want to see where this goes and how... A like, lot of things are going to happen. Oh, I bet. Like, no one, mm-hmm. no character that can be that... Well, not hated necessarily, because I know a lot of people, including you... No, no, no. Hated is the right word. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I can't see any character that hated in fiction not having a lot of backstory to, like, add to it. Yeah. Because that's what fuels the fires. 
Yes. Tavros, rap with TC. I will take Gamzee, I think. Yes, please do. I just, I can't, Molly. <laughs> I, I can't, like... I No, it's okay. I can do it. I can handle the Gamzee. <laughs> Thank you. Terminally capricious began trolling Audio's Toreador. Motherfuck, my brother. I'm so sorry. I kind of zoned out there. Hi, that's okay. I wasn't expecting you to not be zoned out for any reason. So I guess I don't understand your apology. Alright, fuck yeah. It's all good anyway. Just zoned out when I was supposed to be all about being to tell you you're all my team. Uh, yeah. The red team, you mean. Shit, motherfucking yeah, my wicked motherfucker. Hunk, hunk, hunk. Okay, that's great. I just heard about this from someone I don't want to talk about, but it still basically qualifies as good news. Hunk, 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 hunk. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, you stole my fucking nose, bro. What got you all up even the gumption I'll fucking do this shit like that? Uh, I don't know, it's just kind of the obvious thing to do. Stick the circle in front of the dots and behind the bendy one plus... Oh yeah, my horns. <laughs> Maybe we could slam about it. Yeah, I could kick the shit out of some rhymes, bro. I'll stir up some fucking hell mirth and rip up with a fucking bag of harsh whimsy. Yeah, you could talk about the clown things, which I don't really understand ever, but that's okay. Because it's kind of funny. Whereas, I'll address some topics pertaining to my interests, and, I guess, personal motifs. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that's how shit's all usually up and fucking locked, bro. But here's the first thing with the game. Oh yeah, I almost forgot about uh, the Red Team game. Yeah, okay, if I remember right, this is how we're juggling this shit. Lots of fucking balls in the air. <laughs> Terezi connected to Carcat, so he's fucking chill. Then I'm supposed to connect to her soon to get her all chill too. But she's in the woods doing something. When she comes back, she starts playing. So in the mean motherfucking time, I'm supposed to get you to connect to me. But I fucking spaced out and forgot. Because I guess I was way too motherfucking chill all up in this shit. Yeah, I understand. So just download this motherfucker I'm sending you so we can kick this bitch down the stairs. Okay, I'll do that, and in the meantime, shall I... queue up the strict meats? Oh, brother, now you all fuck up and done it. You are fucking wheel deep in a big sloppy massacre pie topped with motherfucking whip rhyme. How strict are those beats at, motherfucker? Well, I... Turn up those bitches to pretty stern. Sent beats to lecture and I'm kind of doing, kind of going hog wild on the curmudgeon knob, which I've recently installed. God damn! Tell me more while I get my reach on for this frosty brew. Okay, imagine an array of beats that set limits. They got a rule book, it doesn't pay to skim it. Because there's not a lot of latitude, they won't stand for an attitude. Cross them to have it you'd not really want to get into because, uh, they get pretty mad at you. Fuck, so fucking fresh. Need to be slapped fucking silly with a mouth like that. And if you got a problem with it, then I suggest you go and wrap it, dude. Okay, I will. Just let me sneak up on this bottle of Fago and snap its neck like I'm a fucking laugh sass. Okay, are those beats still chill? Yeah. Are they motherfucking strict? Yeah. I 
kiss. Motherfucking kick it. You both then to proceed to have one of the worst wrap-offs in the history of Paradox Space. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. This makes me hate Gamsey less. <laughs> Just because yeah. it's me taking a step, step back and going like, okay, he's at least, like, genuinely very nice with Tavros, and, like, yeah. they're just two fucking poetry rap dorks. Do you want to know what their ship name is? Oh, what? PB&J. <laughs> For the purple and brown text. Yeah, 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 yeah. God. God. <laughs> uh-huh. Also, now I understand why Tavros was so confident about being able to rap today, but, like, if Gamsey's yep. his only yep. audience ever before, like... Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> you could fart in front of Gamsey, he'd just uh, be yeah. like, Mirror, I mean, Fuck yeah, dude. Hell yeah, where'd that come from? Like, man, like, like seriously, where, though? <laughs> Honestly, the biggest reason I don't want to voice Gamsey is that I'm scared I'm I just I find it really fun. Uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> like, just, I genuinely did have to stop myself from laughing with snap his neck like I'm a fucking laugh laugh assassin. Laugh assassin, yeah. He's got, he's got some good lines. He's got some good lines because they're just they're so juggalo-ish. They wrap around to being like so like funny. Yeah, exactly. Next. Oh. You make your way through the burning woods to meet the Lucis you never had. It's time for her to hatch. It's now or never. What the fuck would a Libra Lucis look like? Well. Next. Oh. Since the world is about to end anyway, you suppose it no longer matters if the Doomsday Scale is tipped. Oh. And there's an egg on one side of the scale... And a large skull on the other that kind of looked like the skull on Kanaya's Lucis. Yeah, I was going to say. And it's hovering over a big black block with the spirograph symbol on it, but it has a minus sign in the middle. Right, I was wondering what that was. Yeah. Next. So we zoom in on both sides. The counterweight is the skull of an ancient mother grub slain thousands of solar sweeps ago. This egg contains a rare species of dragon, which remains blind until maturity, using its other senses to survive. It has balanced the skull here for millennia, waiting for the warmth of a meteor-sparked forest fire before hatching. In case it wasn't clear, dragons are real. Oh shit, yes! Next! And we see Terezi laying in her slime thing, and we see the dragon inside the egg. (laughs) While she slept in her egg, she would communicate with you in her sleep. After your accident, she would use your dreams to teach you to detect the world around you without vision. I like Terezi and her story so much. It's so good. That's so fucking cool. Yep. Fucking eat your heart out, Aragon. (laughs) And fuck Aragon. (laughs) Those books are garbage. Oh, the amount of times I had to read the, the phrase... Hand and a half sword in that first book alone, Molly. Listen, Jules, I know. I was there with you. I read the first two. I read the first one and a half. 
Yeah, I read the first two, and by the end of two, I was like, I actually put it, I was like... When you go back to his brother who has no powers and is doing nothing interesting, it's the worst thing in the world. Well, like, even if you appreciate that, it's like, man, he's actually trying to fucking live his life, and, like... Yeah. <laughs> Eric on that end being like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> it's also so fucking boring. It's so fucking boring, just like, god, just... I put down the second book and went, this is bad. I'll put this way... I could only handle the first two Aragon books. I handled the first three Twilight books. Oof. Can I? Yeah. Although in that case, I was reading it to impress a girl. You were. I remember the story very vividly. I'm still friends with this girl. Of course you are. I saw. I, you read Twilight for her. I saw New Moon in theaters twice. Oof. That's the bad one because that's that one is so boring. Is that the first werewolf one? Yes. Yeah. Ugh, it's so boring, Molly. It's... It is. Anyway, I've never seen it or read it. First Twilight is you. hilarious because it's so bad. Like, it, it yeah. looks around to being, like, Mystery Science Theater 3000, like, quality bad. Sure. But, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next. As you learned, your dreams became more vivid... Where before there was darkness, odors, and flavors painted a striking picture, you found yourself surrounded by bright honey walls, and in the sky was a huge tasty ball of cotton candy, which is a sweet troll delicacy we wouldn't know anything about. The first time you caught a glimpse of this world in your dreams, there was no turning back. Oh shit, so she was on Prospect as well. So she's on Prospect. I like this depiction of Prospect through like the way Terezi sees the world. Yeah, it's all fuzz and color. It's like, um... So, it's like when you're looking through a camera unfocused at night in a city. Yeah. Like, it's... And, like, it's got almost, like, that rain-slicked feel. Like, everything's just smudged. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a good look. It really is. Next. The young Lucis would take to the sky and promptly get herself killed. This would be much more shocking and maybe a little bit more sad if we didn't already know it was going to happen. We already knew this, but, of course, you didn't. No! Next. And it goes up, gets hit by a meteor, and it says, Unsurprising development! (laughs) And next to Terezi, genuine distress. The dragon never smelled it coming. She would fall to your tree hive. On your return, she would be scooped up by a sympathetic ally and deposited into the Colonel Sprite. Then you and she could talk. There would be plenty to discuss. There's a nice, like, hopeful melancholy to that. That, Yeah, even though she died, she was going to take off and seemingly leave, but now she gets to stay with Terezi. Yeah, it was the case where it almost feels like she had, this dragon had felt like, you know, it taught Terezi everything it could teach her about, like, how to see yep. the world despite being blind. Yep, and it's time to go, but apparently not. Nope. And now Tracy gets to actually talk with the dragon, which is cool. Yep. Which is dope as shit. Next. Oh, I fucking... You see a countdown of 612. Yeah. I... The doomsday device would display the amount of time you had to get back to your hive and enter the medium before the forest was destroyed. At the time, it wouldn't occur to you to wonder whether the device was directly responsible for the apocalypse or merely served as a precisely calibrated harbinger, and it certainly wouldn't occur to you to cast doubt on any perceived difference between those two things. It wouldn't until later, when you better understood the game you were about to play. Oh. 
Huh. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. This is... This is an interesting thing I like in a lot of fiction where there are a lot of reasons for a big catastrophe happening. Yes. And they show each individual may or may not have played a part in that, and that in turn, like, affects how they perceive stuff and how they feel about things. Yeah. So Trevor, uh, Trezzy never even thought about it. Her thing was something that caused the end of the world. Right. And this is even worse in this case when, like, the, the, some, something definitively did actually cause the end of the world, and it was inextricably linked with her, even though she didn't really have a choice in it. Like, yep. it was just a device that you know, she was she just had. And it's not like she woke up the dragon. It just happened. Yeah. Like, that was just the time. Also, like, yep. she's a blind girl living in a fucking treehouse. Like, <laughs> yep. All right, be the other girl. Oh, be the other no, other no. girl. Yeah, sure. There on. you go. <laughs> you are now the other other girl. Huh. Well, so we're back with the goth girl. Yep. Render the girl in a more symbolic manner. <laughs> That's better. We can now be properly introduced. Who's a spooky lady? Just so this is um, what they call sprite mode, and the right. picture before was what they call hero mode. Okay, just so you know. Okay, good to know. Uh, so she went back to sprite mode from hero. Uh, it's it's hard going back because I actually do like hero mode, the art style, a lot more. Hero mode looks pretty good. Yeah, and it's always the thing where like, yeah, these are children in a lot of respects, but to see them like this, it most makes me think more of them as toddlers, like. You'll you'll get more hero mode later. I bet, yeah. Yeah. Enter name. Your name is Aradia Megiddo. You once had a number of interests in which in time you've lost interest in. You seem to recollect once having a fondness for archaeology, though now you have trouble recalling this passion. Nonetheless, it led you to find your present calling, which came through the discovery of these mystic ruins which you precisely stand, of which you recently desecrated out of boredom. Guiding you to this calling were the voices of the dead, which you've been able to hear since you were young. The voices have become louder as the great undoing approaches. This trend and escalation began after an accident involving a certain kind of role-playing, which might have been another of your interests once upon a time. It doesn't matter much anymore. The accident resulted in the death of your Lucis, which prompted you to leave your home and take up these ruins as residence. On the instruction of your ancestors, you've recovered mysterious technology from the ruins and convinced a friend to adapt it into a game that will bring about the destruction of your civilization. And by convinced, you suppose you mean tricked. He's tentatively named the game Scrub, which is a word that is not terribly elegant. If it were marketed by a legitimate game company instead of a rapidly patched together by a young hacker, it would obstinately be given a better title. He is presently mobilizing 12 friends to play it, including him and yourself. He believes he will lead the blue team, but he is wrong. Your troll tag is Apocalypse Arisen, and there is typically a pronounced hollowness to your words. What will you do? Huh. Man, I feel bad for Aradia. Yeah? Just... (laughs) She's lost interest in everything. Uh... And her parent is dead. Yeah. And she doesn't really have a home. No. Just lives in these ruins. Yep. Just... 
Uh, yeah. Uh. Aradia, retrieve computer. She has the Ouija fetch modus. Oh! It's not up to you to decide what you retrieve from your solid X. It's up to the spirits. Oh, I hate this. <laughs> yeah. She'd be like, oh, I need to get my gumpla nippers. No, I don't need a bag of corn chip. Uh, well, I mean... Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I could use those, I mean, actually. Like, uh, I guess it's corn like, chip time like now. I wouldn't say, guess I wouldn't say no. Yeah. <laughs> Next. Looks like the spirits are being cooperative today, if a bit cryptic as usual. Next. And we watch the Ouija thing go around, yep. and it's just going to pick four letters. You said next, mm-hmm. and... <laughs> Who's this douchebag? <laughs> God damn it. Hey, Jules? Yeah? Why does Aradia have the Crosby top? I was going to say, actually, uh... That's weird. How could she possibly have the Crosby top? Like... I know, like, this feels like a throwaway fucking gag, but with, again, like I said, there's no coincidences in Homestuck. There's There's been no coincidences so far. Uh, we'll find out, I guess. Yep. Next. You found this baffling artifact some time ago on one of your digs. The creature on its facade is completely mystifying. You've taken to using it as your primary computing device on account of its bizarre novelty as well as convenient portability. Oh, look who's bothering you again. She's always bugging you. Bugging and fussing and meddling. What's her deal? You guess it's flattering that she wants to talk to you so much, though. You're okay with it. You're okay with a lot of things. Okay, so she found the crossbow top on one of her digs. And... Okay. We lost all that from Sp- uh, Spade Slick using it. Yep. So... Oh, and we also... But that, that doesn't make sense, because he wasn't in the past. No. Well... He was in the future. Because that's how Spurb works. But at the same time, there was the time travel, all the time traveling he did. That's true. There was a lot of time traveling he did. And they did go to a version of the world without him. Yeah. I can maybe see, like, the Crosby Top being dropped there at some point. Yeah. And then just being left in that timeline, which then becomes this present day. But doesn't also Terezi being on Prospect kind of ruin your theory before? About how the Felt and the Midnight Crew are Durs and Prospect? Huh. So, who knows? I don't fucking know. (laughs) Also, you know, stop asking that question. I'm just, I'm just saying, (laughs) I'm just pointing out some things. Just pointing out some stuff. We're learning today, remember? Yeah, learning. Learning's fun. Yay, woo, ha-ha. Aradia, humid GA. 